These disciples have had a tough week. Chances are they were numbered among that crowd who followed Jesus into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday cheering, Hosanna, save us. They were hoping that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel, to rescue God's people. And a couple of days later, Jesus cleared the vendors and money changers out of the temple, causing quite a stir. It seemed like everything was coming together. Something big was about to happen. But then it all went sideways. The temple guard came and arrested Jesus as one of his closest friends handed him over to the religious leaders. They put him through a sham trial. They demanded his execution from the Roman governor. On Friday that week, the disciples' hope was brutally beaten, was shamefully hung on a cross to die. And he did. A few of Jesus' other followers claimed his corpse and hastily buried him at the end of the day. But this morning, this third day since Jesus had died and was buried, some of the women they knew had gone to the tomb and found it open and empty, returning to report the astounding news that Jesus was alive. That's a tough week. And today, on Sunday, they're leaving Jerusalem behind. We don't know all that much about Cleopas and the other disciple who journeyed with him that Easter afternoon. But we do know that something extraordinary happened to them as they were making their way towards Emmaus, about two hours' walk away. This guy comes up to them as they're discussing everything that happened this past week, and he starts to go alongside them. That's, that's not unusual. What amazes them is that he then asks, what's all this you're talking about? Imagine the scene. They stop walking. They stand still in disbelief. The disciples suppose that this man was a fellow visitor to Jerusalem, kind of like they were. The word that they use here is parokeo, describing someone that might dwell in a place as a stranger, a temporary resident, a, a sojourner. How could this man, how could anyone who'd spent time in Jerusalem this past week not know what had happened? And the two disciples, they probably have to take a beat, staring at their new companion with confused looks. They're like, don't you get it, stranger? They don't understand what's going on. But thanks to St. Luke, we do. The kingdom of God had drawn near to them. The stranger, the sojourner, is Jesus, the risen Lord. Their eyes are kept from seeing Jesus. They're kept from recognizing Jesus for who he is. The disciples had known that Jesus was someone important, saying and doing amazing things. But they still need someone to open their eyes to the truth of just who this Jesus of Nazareth really is. So Jesus himself comes to them and gives them the best Bible study ever. <laughs> Now, I really appreciate how Jesus starts his teaching as they set out back towards Emmaus, reflecting their amazement back at them. Don't you get it, disciples? The two disciples, they didn't know the rest of Jesus' story, despite what they'd heard that morning before they left Jerusalem. Like the <clears throat> religious leaders who wanted their beloved teacher out of the picture, these disciples had failed to recognize that all of the scriptures pointed to Jesus of Nazareth as the Christ, the rescuer. 
that he had to suffer, that he had to die to bring about the rescue that all people needed. So, for the rest of their trip, Jesus lays it all out for them. Jesus himself, the Word made flesh, proclaims the Word to these shaking disciples so that they might have faith. The kingdom of God has drawn near to them, and he wants them to be a part of it. That's the goal of Christ's teaching, that people might recognize him for who he is, that they might experience the rescue that he has won for them. Now, as they arrive at Emmaus, Luke tells us that Jesus looks like he's going to keep moving along, that he's got somewhere else to be. But these disciples who have been amazed by the, the teaching that they have received, they now urge this man to abide, to stay with them, to be present with them. And he does. And this, this is where we get to the truly awesome part of this episode. Because as if a two-hour master class in the Old Testament from Jesus himself isn't enough, the risen Lord sits down to have a meal with these ordinary disciples. And Jesus, who was their guest, becomes their host. He takes the bread, blesses it, breaks it, and gives it to them, doing what he did before at the feeding of the 5,000 and again at the Last Supper. As he gives them the bread, their eyes are made to be open. They recognize Jesus. They understand who their traveling companion really is. He's no longer a stranger. And he disappears from their sight. Now that they have experienced the fullness of Jesus' presence with them, they don't need to see him with their eyes any longer. Jesus abides, even though he goes. Cleopas sort of had it right. Jesus was a temporary resident uh, a sojourner in Jerusalem and on this earth. And his time there was ending. And as we see in the other gospel accounts of Jesus' resurrection appearances, he did have other places to go to be with his people before his ascension into heaven. But Jesus isn't just going to leave his people high and dry. The Emmaus disciples have been made part of the kingdom of God by their resurrected Lord. Their lives are now forever changed, and they have something to share with the world. Ever since the early days of the church, Christians have celebrated the Lord's Supper. We've experienced the gift of table fellowship with our risen Lord. Because at his table, Christ Jesus is the invisible but present host, who through his word has pointed us to who he really is, our rescuer. Even when our world is shaken, he abides with us to give us strength. In Holy Communion, our Lord calls us to look ahead to that heavenly feast when we get to see him with our own eyes. Now, the current health crisis, it's kept us from celebrating the Lord's Supper in large groups, gathering together in the sanctuary as we're accustomed to during worship services, but we are thankful that we may continue offering it here at St. John's by appointment. And while there might only be a few people receiving Christ's body and blood at the same time in our sanctuary, we will still experience that table fellowship with the Lord that Jesus makes possible. 
reunited with fellow Christians across space and time as our risen Lord connects us with eternity. And that'll never change. Now, on Friday morning, I announced to St. John's community that I will be accepting the call to serve as senior pastor at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Belvedere, Illinois. As I wrote in my letter to our congregation, St. John's is our home. This area, this people, this place is very much a part of our life. And that will never change. And we'll miss you when it comes time to go. Now, based on what we know right now, that's not going to happen right away, especially with everything that's going on in the world around us. We're aiming for late July, hopefully allowing us enough time to all come back together as a congregation to celebrate Easter, to have time uh, to transition, and also to, uh, to have a send-off before that uh, time of departure. This is a big decision. It's not something that we have made lightly, but we feel confident that the Lord would have us go to this place to serve among the people there. We have a great congregation here at St. John's. And I'm aware, as I was talking with Pastor Mia this morning, that I'm, I'm the first pastor in 50 years or so to take a call to serve someplace else. Everybody else has, has retired uh, for the most part. And that's, that's not something also that I take lightly. Now, we're looking not to leave St. John's, but it's become clear to us that we're being called to serve elsewhere. Part of our reason for this move is the growing need for pastors serving in congregations uh, throughout our church body as more and more of them experience vacancies. Now, later on today, uh, Jennifer Hills, uh, who is off camera right now, uh, and I are going to be doing a Q&A video uh, to be able to maybe speak to some of the questions that you might have if they weren't addressed in the letter that I sent out, or maybe if you haven't had a chance to see that letter yet. So with that, if you do have any other questions that you would like to have included, you can put them in the comments now in the Facebook Live, and we'll see about addressing those uh, when we have that video a little bit later on today, and that'll be posted up uh, by later on this afternoon. But if you do have other questions, you are always welcome to email me to to call uh, if you'd like, and I'd be glad to address whatever we can. So it's, uh, again, it's uncertain time, but what is certain is that we will always be connected in Christ wherever we might be, even as we are connected right now as God brings us together as his people. But let's get back to those disciples in Emmaus. Because after their encounter with the risen Lord, they can't help but go and tell the good news. They head right back to Jerusalem on Easter evening. I don't know if they got a particularly fast donkey, maybe found a horse, or they ran back the seven miles, but they go right back there. They're not returning, though, as they left earlier in the day, shaken, uncomprehending. Now they are confident believers with understanding. They make it back to hear the report that the Lord had appeared there as well. But then these two new arrivals, they get to share the good news of their time with Jesus. They get to share how he'd opened up the scriptures to them and how they were finally able to recognize him in the breaking of the bread. God had opened their eyes. So now they'll get to share what they had learned from the Lord with the rest of his disciples. And Jesus may have been a sojourner here on earth with a set time among us, but he abides with his people. Even today, 
Jesus is here with us as we gather in his name. He, we recognize our risen Lord in his word, which guides, corrects, and strengthens us. He is present with us in his supper, giving us his body and blood as medicine for body and soul. He's with us in his church, of which he alone is the head. So as we follow Jesus, joining him in his mission, wherever he may lead, we go in confidence. Like the Emmaus disciples, we don't need to see the Lord with our eyes to know that he lives. Because the rescuer is here to connect us into the kingdom of God. So let us go with those Emmaus disciples and share this good news which is for all people. Jesus abides. Amen. Amen.